pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. That's Rudy, the first star. I'm Rob, the second. That's what we call it, R&R, although we are joined by Eze, our producer taking us till 10, and the DH, Ryan, our digital hero. Hey, it's Tuesday. We don't want to throw you off. He's normally here on Monday, but he was flying back from the frozen tundra, or at least the wet tundra of Orchard Park. He is with us now. He's Todd Archer of ESPN. We're talking the first-place Dallas Cowboys of the NFC East. Morning, Todd. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? And I think it's it's first place with an asterisk, right? <laughs> is it with hey, an asterisk? In San Antonio, Todd? we don't talk asterisk. Explain it. Okay. Why is it with an asterisk, Todd? Well, because if both teams went out, oh, got you. wins the division. So, which is crazy. It's not like usually, like you know, it's the hey, you can control your own fate, which I don't know how you can because of its fate. How do you control it? Another story for another time. But <laughs> usually, three games to go. You know, you, you can say that, but even on this one, you can't. So, But they still have a chance, and history's on their side. No teams repeated as division champs 0-3-0-4 Philadelphia. So, you know, now you're rooting for Tommy Cutlets up in New York to do something good for you. The uh, You're talking about the uh, super agent dressed in black with the, the pinky ring and the cell phone? <laughs> that guy? The giant, yeah, the Giants quarterback. Oh, no. <laughs> the, 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 uh, what, the DeVito. Now, if you want to root for his agent too, I guess you can. But I was thinking more of the guy on the field. I, I think the I think the agent in the long term is going to be far more successful, and for a variety of reasons, both legal and illegal. The the, the, the takeaway from the game was what from the players and staff. How did the Cowboys react to just getting their ass handed to them? I, I think there was some surprise in that locker room that it got so out of hand. You know, it was. Let's be, I wasn't even 31 to 10. It was a last drive field, uh, touchdown that made it 31 10. Um, I, I think they were surprised that they got manhandled that way. And that's always been the fear. Looking, forget the offense for a second. We've seen them play high level football for seven weeks in a row. So you cut them some slack, I, I guess. And maybe I'm going to contradict myself here. But with the defense, it's always been this fear that. They can be run on, and game circumstances will be able to dictate how it, how that happens. And from the get-go, Buffalo just took it to them. Their, their defense relies on, on speed and, and fast and quickness and all that stuff. But when you're facing a team that was hell-bent on running it, Josh Allen threw 15 passes. It, it, in some reason, Buffalo fans were, were chanting MVP to him after the game. I'm like... James Cook should be the MVP of this one. Right. If you're going to chant MVP at somebody. That's the fear for the Cowboy for for the Cowboys players, maybe, but certainly their fans. That if Buffalo can do this against them, 
Well, Miami's running game is really good. Detroit's running game is really good. You're going to see San Francisco in the playoffs at some point. You're going to see Philadelphia again at some point. Maybe you can, we won't have that fear against Philly. But those three teams that I mentioned all can run the ball really well. And that's something that the Cowboys have always had an issue with, but not when they're up 30-3 to like they've been up on so many games this year. Did you think they were going to miss Hankins like this? Or is it just, or is it more than just Hankins? It's got to be more than just Hankins. He, he's a good, solid veteran player. He, he's not uh, pick your favorite yeah, defensive whoever. tackle in NFL history that everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's good. But it wasn't so much, they got beat up the middle, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of times they got the edges, too, uh, on the Cowboys. And some of that was Micah's work. Some of that was Demarcus Lawrence's work. Some of that was whoever was playing on the edge. They just didn't set the edge, and they were able to get outside and then cut back in. And, again, you got 320-pound guards on a 205-pound Marquise Bell. <laughs> Who's going to win that battle, right? I mean, yeah. so Dan Quinn was – was more upset at the missed tackling. He said there were 12 missed tackles in, in that game. Okay, so maybe they don't run for 266 yards with those 12 tackles. Maybe they run for 180 yards. Like, that's still not good. Regardless, it's still an issue. He is Todd Archer of ESPN.com stopping by for his weekly. Um, let's talk about the game coming up against Miami, and its importance in the grand scheme of things, and its importance to the Dallas Cowboys just because. And when you talk about Zach Martin and the injury and you know him coming back, should the Cowboys now start looking at every game like it's week 18, just be ready for the – just be healthy and ready for the playoffs? Because as you just said, their fate is out of their control. But you want to control that as long as you can't. Well, geez, I just said you can't control your fate. <laughs> you want to win as many games as possible. Right, right. Um, and, and look, the way Philadelphia is going, maybe they could lose one of these games to the Giants or Arizona in, in the last three weeks. Maybe not probable, but possible. Yeah, and never know. You at least want to put the pressure on them. And look, what have we said all year about the Cowboys? How good are they? We don't really know. They've not beaten anybody. They beat Philadelphia. That's their, that's their, their best win. But when they played... San Francisco, they got pasted. They, they lose against Philly out there, and they lose against Buffalo. Well, now you're playing a team that also has 10 wins. But honestly, Miami is the AFC version of the Cowboys because yes. they've not beaten one team with a winning record. The Cowboys have one team that they've beaten, beaten that has a winning record at the moment. So uh, for, for Miami, it's kind of the same story as for Dallas. you, you got to show that you can beat somebody. And for the Cowboys, it's, Cowboys now it's – you got to show you can beat somebody on the road because that's where they're going to likely have to go in the playoffs. So you don't want to lose to Detroit either. Maybe you can lose that last game at Washington if if, if it doesn't yeah. mean anything. But I, I still think you – not to go Herm Edwards here, but you, you play to win the game, especially when you still have chances of winning the division even if you need some help. Not, not to make excuses for him, Todd, but how many guys were dealing with a little bit of a, a being under the weather? Uh, her reports that it, it was floating around the locker room. I know Micah was supposedly sick the week before, and you heard Jerry Jones, you know, tell him "sick my ass" walking out the tunnel after they had beat, after they had won the game. How many guys are really dealing with being under the weather going into that Buffalo game? Yeah, I, I mean, the two guys that we know of were Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, and they and they played. It looked in the game. like it. Um, I would say Buffalo probably had just as many guys that okay. were sick that we didn't know about. 
So I, I can't go there and, and, okay. and use that as any kind of issue as to why they just had a stinker. I think Buffalo just took it to them. I think that at the end of the day, you just kind of look at it like sometimes you just get waxed. You just weren't ready for it. Uh, he is Todd Archer, writes for ESPN.com. Make sure you're following him on all the nationals as we head toward Miami. Uh, one of the things that stuck in everybody's mind, not only was the, you know, the poor tackling, you've already brought that up, and of course that will be addressed. But penalties have reared their head again, they're leading the league in penalties, and not only they'll lead the league, you talk about in the most inopportune times, it seems to happen over and over. Uh, is this, uh, I ask you, is this a cost of doing business? Do, should I care because they don't? <laughs> um, I think ultimately, that's a good way to put it. it ultimately, it's, it is the way of the NFL. Look, you can say Josh Allen flopped on the first one on Lawrence. He did. It doesn't matter. They called it. Yeah. Uh, you, you can say Zach Martin was just defending his teammate and Dak on the sideline. doesn't matter. They called it, although I was okay with that penalty. You, you can say that J. Ron Curse was doing his best to get out. It doesn't matter. They're calling it. So, and the Sam Williams one was really just inexcusable. Like, dude, you're not minute. I should, <laughs> I should say Wembenyama. Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's not the technique you use to block a punt. You don't jump higher. You right. jump out, and you avoid the guy. Like, so that all of those were killer penalties uh, on the defensive side because they all led to touchdowns, and they were chances to get off the field. Um, the, the, the penalty thing, I've been covering this team since 03. The Cowboys were highly penalized under Parcells. They were highly penalized under Wade Phillips, under Jason Garrett, and now under Mike McCarthy. It's just part of doing business. Like this is just, mm -hmm. it's just what happens when you have these players, or you have the star in your helmet, whatever you want to call it. This is something, another thing you have to overcome uh, in, in the course of a game. But I do think, and I, I got to ask some people this question that, this week. Okay. I think the Cowboys players get too wrapped up in the officiating during yes. the game, and that throws them off. Uh, may, maybe it's a Dallas thing because Luca does that too, although he still plays really well, but. They get too wrapped up in the officiating, in my mind. Well, let's. What is, what, is, what is your take on Micah, uh, Todd? Just not as, not as a player, but as the Batman for players and defending players, and always wanting to defend the players, and always mad at everything that's said in the media. Like it's. I mean, at some point, doesn't he have to just block all that out and just focus on being the best defensive player he can be? Uh, yes, uh, and he's also what is he twenty three? True, mm -hmm. you're so right. That's a little you're harder right. to do. Uh, you know how would we do? Yada yada, all that kind of stuff. But I always come back to a line and and that that Jason Witten used when it's keep your line, keep your head above the spectator line. Mm. Like none of that stuff matters, man. Like let them say what they want to say. Like how does that impact you? You need to you need to worry about what your coaches say, what your GM says, your owner, your teammates, all that stuff. You don't need to worry about what we're saying on the radio, what so and so is saying on the TV. None of that stuff matters materially. It's just someone's opinion, and they very well could be wrong on everything they say. So it doesn't matter. Like so, and it's easy for us to say that, right? Right. True. They're not talking about us personally, and how do we feel when we go on Twitter and we have some some yeah, anonymous say person yeah. getting on us? <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm ready to fire off that tweet, and I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to send that one. So we we do the same thing, and yeah. I'm a heck of a lot older than than 23 years old. But 
you still have to have the wherewithal to not hit that tweet, to not say what you really want to say at times. There are times you should say it. I get it. But you don't have to say it every single time. Uh, on his Edge podcast yesterday, it certainly sounds like Mike has been fined recently for a lot of money. He was not happy with the uh, fine and the state of defensive uh, officiating in the NFL. Uh, I want to talk to you about the leadership from Dak and getting over the hump about winning on the road and what this this existential problem of translating you know home success to road victories. What are they? Are they going to even? Are they going to do anything different? Are they just going to talk about you know? Well, it is what it is. We don't know what it is, so we're just going to address it like we've always done it, and just hope it just is different this time. Right. It's, it's the you know you just keep keep beating your head against the wall, or do you mix it up? And I asked Mike McCarthy. You know, he's big on schedules, right, and making yes. sure things are at the certain times, and da 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 da. Do they change up how they travel to an opposing city? Do they change up their meeting schedule. They change up what they do in the mornings before games. And he said they'll look at all these things, but I think at this point of a season when yeah. you've got, you've played, what, seven road games and you have two left, you, this is kind of what you are. And what's funny is, like, they've not, the Cowboys have never been this dominant at home since I've recovered them, and they've never been this average away from home as, as they've been, in my mind, because, except for the years they were bad. Because they've been six and two, five and three at AT and T Stadium, which means that they've had to go seven and one, six and two on the road, right. and they've been able to deal with the 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 bad stuff that happens and and overcome some things. And this year they they just haven't been able to for whatever the reason. And some of it is San Francisco is really good, and Philly's a good team at home. Now we talked about it in Week Three when they lost to Arizona. That that loss was going to come back to haunt them. How's that haunting you right now, right? I mean, so that's going to be, at the end of the day, that's going to be the loss everybody's going to How the hell did that happen? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and when you add in the, the, the road stuff, if you flip that game, well, maybe we're not sitting there saying, man, they just struggle so much on the road. One last question regarding the process in the game. Uh, the, the challenge process when Stefan Diggs fumbled. I, I know you asked him about it, and, they, and basically he said he blew it, but at some point, are they going to address the process? Because that was another one of those game-changing moments that could have maybe turned the tide a little bit, and they weren't up to the task. They didn't get the flag thrown. Right, and I'll just go on the process and how what he explained how it happened. He he says, yes, there are absolutely times where you throw, he called it a blind throw, or you're just throwing it because it's it's a big game, a scoring play, whatever it is, that you just have to do it. On that one, he's using the reaction of the players on the field. His guys never really made a big stink about it. So he's, okay, now if they're not going to say something about it, I need to hear from upstairs. And there was never a quick replay because they're getting the same TV feed that we're getting. And it was weird at that stadium. We usually have a delay. Uh, and how things have shown, and there wasn't that delay. It was like instantaneous. So um, he never got word from the guys upstairs, so he didn't have that word. He didn't have the players telling him anything, so he just felt it wasn't worth it at that point. Now, going back and looking at it again, maybe someone should have been paying attention to what Stefan Diggs was doing. Um, but th that's kind of the... the you're damned if you do, damned right. if you don't, and he was damned because he didn't on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how much of a difference it would have made, but it yeah, certainly yeah, felt important the at the time. Went. Well, although what, that was second quarter, so maybe 
Hey, maybe you know you get the ball there near near midfield, wherever that was, and you maybe your offense does something and it kind of flips the script a little bit. Sam Williams doesn't run into the punter. You, maybe that flips the script yeah. a little bit. All of that. Hey, Todd, enjoy the stone crab. You gonna go get some while you're down in Miami? No, I have my. I, I covered the Dolphins for three years uh, before I came here. And my favorite sandwich shop, and I can't believe I'm saying this. People are gonna think I'm a, even more of a loser than I am. <laughs> it's a place called La Spada, uh-huh. and it's in Fort Lauderdale. There's a few around. It is the best sandwich joint in America, in my in my mind. We'll and get I'm a couple in that place. Uh, as soon as I land in Fort Lauderdale. Well, enjoy nice. the trip. Hopefully the flight home will be a little bit easier. He is 